When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance and ready to roll. We have shifted studios, but by no means lost energy. Graziano is ready to go. Serious injury in the NFL last night. Major situation continues in college. All that and more. Cam, let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Trevor fell to the ground and his... Oh, no. I hope fell to the ground. Ball came out. Trevor hurt his leg. He's thrown the helmet off now. Oh, my goodness. I don't have any information yet on Trevor. We're still evaluating him, so I'll probably have a better update for you tomorrow. On Monday night, misery last night in Jacksonville. That city waits 12 years to get Monday night football. And when it finally shows up, Trevor Lawrence goes down and we'll see how soon... He can get back up. That was a terrible-looking injury for those of you who saw it last night in a game that Cincinnati ultimately won in overtime. There's a lot of consequence to a lot of this, but Graziano, my insider extraordinaire, clearly the important piece of it is the health update on Trevor Lawrence. As of this moment, what do we know? The early reports I'm getting via text that I'm getting back this morning indicate that there's at least some optimism that it's not too terrible. Now, Doug Peterson has a press conference today, 1230 Eastern, where he'll give an update, but it sounds like they may have avoided something very, very serious. The question for Jacksonville is, your next two games are against the Browns and the Ravens. Like, that's two of the toughest defenses in the whole league, two AFC playoff contenders that have incentive to win. Even if he can get out there, if he's not 100%, uh, they're obviously in a bad spot and could regret not just uh, the injury, but losing that game. It's hard to believe how badly that yeah. went for them last night. This is a team that, as of yesterday morning, was looking at possibly taking over the one spot in yeah. the AFC. And now, if he should miss the next couple of weeks, let's say, which I, I think I feel like I hear you still suggesting that's a possibility. It's a possibility, but it's also, I think the bigger news is that it's a possibility that maybe he doesn't okay. have to, right? Like, I think that's the thing. There's a little bit of optimism there that maybe it's not so bad. So as I bring in the assembled members of the hashtag crew around us, here, here's what I found myself thinking. W- what did you say to me on TV today, Graz, about the number of starting quarterbacks? Yeah. What was it you said? Uh, in the AFC, if Lawrence can't go this week, there are only seven teams that would be starting the guy they started week one at quarterback. So this has become one of those years. Yeah. I, I feel like there was a season, I don't know, seven, eight years ago where it felt like every quarterback got yeah. hurt. And it's just bad for the league. It's bad for the sport. It it's is. bad for fans. It doesn't make any difference what team you root for. The sport is just far more interesting when Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence are playing. And, and I use those two as the example because last night was supposed to be Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, a yes. battle between the two number one picks, the future of the NFL, all the rest of that. And it wound up with uh, C.J. Beathard taking on Jake Browning in, in what was a compelling game. Browning but, was pretty awesome. I mean, he's good. I mean, that, <laughs> he is good. And that, this is not meant necessarily to denigrate them as much as it. it is, 
you know, it's just been a, I don't know if there's any other storyline here beyond it's just been a rough year for quarterbacks. Yeah, the guys you mentioned, you don't mention Aaron Rodgers, you don't mention Kirk Cousins. I mean, the list goes on. There are a number of guys that were playing very well or had at least high hopes for a season. Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis, yeah. right? We wanted to see him. So, yeah, it's one thing to be in a situation like the Patriots are in where you're, you're not playing your week one starter by choice. Uh, but, but a lot of these other teams uh, are in. Are in uh, but look, this is why they make the rules to try and protect these guys. Right. Every time there was like a, a controversy about a, a a quarterback, you know, getting, you know, protected too much. I remember when I was on the Giants, Eli Manning was always very vocal saying, no, it's important. Like we, we matter like we, we, the league wants us on the field. Uh, and that's true. So it, it is unfortunate that that's what's going on this year. Well, I'm just looking at, at, at base at the, the entire 32 teams in the NFL mm-hmm. as far as quarterbacks that have gotten knocked out either for the season or at least for a substantial period of time. Jets, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Bengals, Joe Burrow, yep. Browns, Deshaun Watson, Steelers, Kenny Pickett, uh, Colts, uh, Anthony Richardson, as you mentioned, now Trevor Lawrence, we hope it's not that bad, uh, Ra- Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? That's the, that's just the AFC. Daniel Jones. And then, yeah, we go to the NFC. Justin Daniel Fields Jones. missed five games, right? Right. right? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 I mean, Kirk Cousins out for the year. Um, and, and so it goes. So, I mean, this is a mess and if there's more to be done to protect them, I'm all in on it, Hembo, but I don't know what else they can do. Yeah. The interesting question to me here is, is why is it just randomness? Is it just chance? Is it just bad luck? Or is it some combination of regressed offensive line play? Um, a combination of regressed offensive line play and changes with coaching staffs, or perhaps it's something to the extent of we're asking quarterbacks to do more things, to do different things than we used to. I mean, some combination of factors is causing the faces of the NFL to drop like fri- uh, drop like flies seemingly every week, and the league could not possibly be doing more to avoid right. such a thing. That's the problem. So I don't know. One way or another, it does leave me with the following question. Gaziano, I remember at the beginning of the season when we were saying the AFC is a murderer's row and they've got a great quarterback everywhere you look and it's going to be the hardest conference to win of all time. Who do you like now? Who in that conference do you believe in? I believe that Miami can outscore anybody. I, I think that as their defense gets better as the year goes along, I think they become a very scary team, especially if they can get that one seed, that buy in those home games in January. And I think Baltimore has shown they can beat anybody. The problem we have with Baltimore, the problem we have with Miami is they haven't beat anybody good. The problem we have with Baltimore is they've given away some games. They look like they, they don't really know how to close in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, yeah, the answer to your question is kind of nobody, but like almost Miami and almost Baltimore. Every, I just am looking at Miami's season. Every team they've beaten is bad. Yes. They've beaten the Chargers, the Patriots, the Broncos, who've gotten better, but they scored 70 points in that game. The Giants, mm-hmm. the Panthers, the Patriots again, the Raiders, the Jets, and the Commanders. The three games they've played against good teams, yes. which is Buffalo, uh, the Eagles, and the Chiefs, they've lost all three. So I don't know if I believe in them. Right. I don't know if I believe in Baltimore. I didn't think I believed in, in Jacksonville before yesterday anyway, and now the injury there is significant. It can't. I mean, Can you buy into Houston? I mean, that's a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't know who the hell to believe. Even in that conference. You just saw the Dolphins up close last week. Yes. We know that they can outscore bad teams. Yes. They have made that exceedingly clear. What is interest, uh, interesting to me, Jalen Ramsey's played five games since he came back from mm-hmm. his injury. The Dolphins lead the NFL in defensive efficiency during that span, and that takes into account the quality of the teams that you play. So it's not just inflated because they've played bad teams. That, to me, is a pretty lethal combination. If they can 
score to some extent the same way that they can against bad teams, against good teams. Right. If they actually have an elite defense, it's hard for me not to view them as the favorite if the playoffs started today. They did take a hit up front, though, a couple weeks ago, right, with Jalen Phillips? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so, so, yes, as they get healthier on the back end, uh, banged up up front. But, but, yeah, I think it's a new defense. It's Vic Fangio coming in as a first-year coordinator there, and they've had to learn it on the fly. So I do think there's something to be said for they're a better defensive team now than they were early in the season. And offensively, as long as everybody healthy my goodness i'm greeny we're presented by progressive insurance progressive makes bundling easy and affordable get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle rv boat atv and more all your protection in one place bundle and save at progressive.com uh the other thing uh, by the way here's just a little note i think cam may have put this on the screen last season 68 different players started a game at quarterback yeah that was the most ever. Do, do we know, Cam? I assume that was you that put that up there, where we are now in this year? I'm not sure, but we can get those numbers. We, are, we have to be approaching. Yeah, up to 49. 49. Oh. And there are six weeks left in the season? Five. <laughs> <clears throat> Good Goodness. God. Yeah. It's, it's tough. 68, though. That's more, than, that's more than two a team. Yeah, this yeah. is not, like, brand new is the point here. I mean, yeah. this is... This is a thing. Like your backup quarterback matters a lot. How yes. well you protect your quarterback, your first, second, or three, a third string quarterback matters a lot. Like the teams that wind up getting that right are going to be the final four yes. teams standing at the very end. Backup quarterback is not the number fifty three spot on a on an NFL roster. It's more important than that. You know, it's interesting because I, I was going to get to this a little later, but I guess I'll say it, uh, Dan. Someone I assume you have a lot of respect for, and I most certainly do, is Bill Polian, who was someone who worked here at ESPN for a long time, and I got to know him well. And there was almost no one I have enjoyed over the course of my whole career talking to off the air about football than Bill. And if you recall the year that Peyton got hurt, they went to Curtis Painter. Yes. And he looked, with all due respect to him and the Painter family, <laughs> like like he, he didn't know which end zone they were trying to matriculate toward. And I remember, and they wound up getting the, one, the first pick in the draft, and they got Andrew Luck, and the rest was history. But I remember asking Polian about it years later. Why weren't you prepared with a more uh, capable backup? And mm-hmm. he said, here was the way I viewed it. We were a championship team. That was our only goal. If Peyton got hurt, it didn't make any difference who we put in there. We could no longer win a championship. So I was not going to dedicate any resources to that when they could help me get one more linebacker, one more tight end, one more receiver, one more person who can help Peyton win me a championship, and I'm just going to roll the dice that Peyton doesn't get hurt because if he does – I might have someone who can still win me four games, right. but I can't win the championship. Does that still apply? I think in, for some teams it does, right? I mean, the, the famous example, obviously, of the Eagles Super Bowl championship team with Nick Foles. Obviously, they had a good backup, but obviously a stacked roster otherwise. So uh, maybe that, that expenditure wasn't, uh, wasn't as devastating as it might have been for Bill, uh, who, by the way, I echo everything you said about Bill. I used to do NFL insiders with him, and, and some of those times in the green room were just some of the most educational I've spent uh, with regard to football. So, uh, yeah, I think one of the problems is like you have to like the bat. You can't just order a backup to sign with you, right? Like if you wanted to get Gardner Minshew this off season uh, and you were the Jets, like the Colts were probably offering a better opportunity, right? For a guy that maybe wanted to start like because they didn't know who mm. they're going to draft, if anybody yet. And whereas, you know, if you go to the Jets, you're behind Aaron Rodgers. So I, I think there's something to be said for for, you know, insulating it i think the ideal situation is probably what the bengals have right like he's a guy jake browning who has been in their system for three years knows 
the offense, knows how to get the ball to the playmakers. He can't do everything Joe Burrow can do, but he can run your offense, and you can put, you can at least have some faith that he's going to do it. So there's a number of different approaches, uh, but um, yeah, it, it, it's important. It's more important than some teams treat it. Uh, Greeny with you here, and you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. One more thing before I let you go. Everyone has been weighing in on the huge college football controversy, Mm -hmm. Dan. As just an observer of the passing scene, a fan of the sport and of sports in general, what is your take on it? As someone who who runs a rather complex uh, college bowl uh, contest every year that Hembo knows something about, yeah, I I like the idea of them making the best four team field, and I think that that stinks for Florida State. It really does because they assess and go, they don't have their starting quarterback. Uh, we don't think they're one of the best four teams. College football rankings have always been subjective, except there was a stretch where they tried to leave it to computers, and nobody liked that either. Uh, but I think there has to be, you know, and until such time as everybody's playing the same schedule, I think there have to be subjective criteria. And if they went and said the best four team field is does not have Florida State in it, then I, I, I find it hard to argue with it. I, I get all the arguments about best team, most deserving team, whatever. I think they're trying to put together the best two round college football tournament. And I think there's a case to be made that they did. That doesn't eat at you somewhere, though. Like there isn't something in you as a sports fan that says, that's not the way sports work. Like, we don't reward teams because we want to create the best four-team tournament. We reward teams because they earned something on the field of play. But again, you don't have, you don't have uh, a, an equivalent. Like, if, if Florida State played the same schedule as Alabama and, ha- and was undefeated, then yes, 100%. But you don't. You have to assess these other factors. And, and if you decide that Alabama's the better team as presently constituted, then I think you've got to put him in. Look, I, I think, as a, no, I mean, to me, I want to watch, I want to watch two great football games. Uh, in, in the national semifinals. And historically, they have not been great games. So I don't want to be sitting there in the second half wondering what else is on. I, I'm, I'm fine with what happened. See, the, the thing, Dan, though, is like in the 1980s, I would understand what you're saying. Yes. Like, we didn't have the, the methodology to do what we can now. But we have metrics that say it's harder to go undefeated using Florida State's schedule than it was to have a uh, one-loss season with Alabama's schedule. And, and so, Texas's and everyone except for Washington and Michigan. But that Florida State team is not the current Florida State team, right? Like, I mean, like that, that, that's, that's unfortunate, but that's the case. And I know it hasn't always worked this way. I remember the first one where Ohio State got in with, it, with its third-string quarterback and won the whole thing. I get all that. But that was an assessment saying, well, this team's still good enough. But they watched Florida State play their last couple of games and decided they weren't. Let me ask you a question. Who would you favor on a neutral field, Georgia or Washington? Georgia. Okay. So they didn't put the four best teams in, because I agree with you. Yeah. Like anyone on that committee would say the same. But I so think, they did both, is what I'm saying. But I think it starts with the idea of l- the conference tournament champions. And I think the committee has been fairly consistent throughout history with that, sure. right? Like, with maybe some exceptions. Mm-hmm. So you have five conference tournament champions. One's got to be left out. How do you decide? And the way they decided was the other four have their quarterback. Danny, you're the best. Thank you very much. Let us know if you hear anything on Lawrence. We will be here for the remainder of the day. Coming up next, I will explain how the worst thing that can happen to a person happened to me (laughs) yesterday. That's next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny. To my wife, the menu in a restaurant is a suggestion. Her response is a demand. <laughs> we have now officially defined the difference between a suggestion and a demand. The restaurant suggests you eat this. My wife demands I'm eating that. And if not, I'm eating somewhere else. This is Greeny. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So over low these many years, I've talked a great deal about Stace. And one of the things that I've pointed, I mean, I'm a man who once wrote a book called Why My Wife Thinks I'm an Idiot. That's how long this has been going on. And unfortunately, when it comes to this marriage, the worst thing that can happen happened to me yesterday. I'll explain in 30 seconds after this word from Farm Fresh. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Did you know that buying real Christmas trees helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry? For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved, and so are American farmers' jobs. Plus, buying real Christmas trees helps keep real holiday memories alive while helping our environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at getrealkeepitreal.com. All right, here's an example of when keeping it real can go wrong. So this is what happened to me yesterday. I'm just going to tell it to you straight. And every married man in this audience is going to know exactly why this was so horrifying. So in the morning, Stace texts me and says, there's this information that we need before the end of the year for tax purposes. Where should she get it? And I said, the, there's two people who handle our finances Uh, Their names are Mark and Jason. I said, call Mark and Jason. They'll send it over. She said, no, they don't handle that. I said, yes, they do. 
they've always sent it to us before, call them and they'll send it over. So about a half hour later, I get a text from her that says, just talk to Mark and Jason. They've never handled this for us. We have to get it from Richard, who was an entirely other person I hadn't mentioned. I wrote back, well, maybe we actually went to Mark and Jason's office to pick it up rather than sending it to us. And she wrote back, you're adorable. So what happened here was we had a discrepancy. We had a debate. We had a dispute over how one thing has historically been handled over low the many years of our marriage. I was positive I was right, almost condescendingly so. And then I turned out to be wrong. Let me tell you, this is something that is going to come up at my funeral. I hope that's a long way off, but when I die, Stace is going to tell this story. Yes, there was that one time that Michael said to get the information from Mark and Jason. On my deathbed, she will remind me of this happening yesterday. There are no words to describe. If I could go back in time and undo practically anything, I would go back and undo that text conversation and say, I'm not quite sure where we get that. Can you ask a few people? Because there are two or three different, there, it's not like a hundred different places we might be getting this information. It involves our taxes. So there's really only candidly two places that we could have gotten it at either mark and jason or richard who are two separate denominations of people and in this case i didn't guess mark and jason i was positive it was mark and jason and i was wrong and here's the worst part of it all i got home yesterday and she didn't mention it it hasn't come up yet that's worse Way better if this gets out in the open quickly. Oh, Michael, how about Mark and Jason sending us the tax stuff? Ah, ha, 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 I was wrong, and then we can go on. But that hasn't happened yet. She's saving it, and, I, and I'm, she is going to spring it on me at the worst possible moment. So it's, this is worse than having lost an argument. What it says on the screen is that I lost an argument with my wife. That's not really what happened. I told her that we always do something, and I turned out to be wrong. That's way worse than losing an argument. I lose every argument anyway. I am voted down routinely in our debates by a final score of one-to-one. That's how everything works. She says yes, I say no, so we do it. That's how every marriage works. That's, that's marriage 101. In this case, I was convinced of something, and it turns out to be wrong. And I will never, and I mean never, hear the end of this. I'm just waiting for her to bring this up. It's so strategic. She's, she's, she's strategically brilliant and devious. She's just holding this for a moment. Maybe like when Stevie gets back. Like we have, you know, Stevie's been in Europe. So maybe when he comes back, we all have our first family dinner together. Oh, what did we miss? Stevie did this. Oh, what did we miss with Nikki? Oh, here's what she did. Oh, kids, wait till you hear what your father did. That's when this is coming up. So my point is, not only is it not over, it hasn't even yet really begun. Yeah, this is going to be a recurring issue. Oh, um, dead because you might not hear about this until next year yeah. when you have to pull the same information and then the next year 
when you have to pull the same information. I mean, you might as well postmark this in your calendar as being an annual event. Correct. So you might, like, you might wind up hearing about it sometime, you know, in the next couple of weeks or months. Mm-hmm. That's very possible. But the thing that will make it way worse is when you've totally forgotten about it. You have the same quandary next year, and that's when she comes in for the kill. Yeah, and and, and it also makes me worried. I don't know if anyone else listening has had this kind of experience, but as I've gotten older, one thing that I find very frustrating is that things of which I am certain turn out to be wrong. If there's one thing I've always had, it is a very good memory, and that I think has contributed to my career. I remember things that happened in sports. I could tell you right now. I mean, you want to name it. The the Jets, December 27th, 1981, is the year they played their first playoff game in my lifetime. 31-27, we lost to Miami. A week before that, December 20th, 1981, was the one more sack game, 11 sacks against Green Bay. I mean, things like that stick in my head. And they always have. I remember names, dates, faces, places, all that stuff. And as I'm getting older, what I'm finding is my degree of certainty over my memory has not wavered. (laughs) But I am often not right. (laughs) Like, here's the worst of it. This might be the most ridiculous example I'll ever give you. But this happened I want to say very late in the Mike and Mike days, so this was probably 2016 or 17. Somehow in a conversation, don't ask me how, the name Fred Patek came up. Remember Freddie Patek? Infielder for the Kansas City Royals. You don't know who Freddie Patek is? What was his era? In the 70s. Oh, that's much too recent for me. (laughs) He He was on all those Royals teams that played against the Yankees, and I said... He was on the George Brett teams, all those Kansas City teams that played the Yankees in the ALCS every year, it felt 68 like. 68 to 81 he played. And I said, Freddie Patek, little second baseman for the Kansas City Royals, and someone said he didn't play second, he played short. And I said, no, I remember Freddie Patek. You don't tell me where he played. He played second base. You just looked him up. Where did he play? He played uh, 16 games at second base and 1,600 games at shortstop. I was wrong. I was as positive about that as I could possibly be, and I was wrong. It's the Freddie Patek example. You have no idea how many times I've thought of that since. Anytime I ever misremember something, the first name that comes to my mind is Freddie Patek. Sort of, you know, a little, not little remembered second baseman for the, for the Kansas City Royals. In fact, so little remembered that he was a shortstop, and I didn't even remember that. That is terrible because if i don't have that what do i have i'm good at so little so misremembering this is an honest mistake i think it's the the arrogance with which you asserted your certainty Mm -hmm. that was the downfall here so let's let's peel back just a little bit with how sure we are that we know stuff yeah that we might not well that's my point that is that is called getting older 101 and i don't like it of all the things about getting older that is my least favorite is that i now have to double check myself on things that i'm convinced i know in fact as we write our books I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm there are, there's stuff in the book that we have coming out mm-hmm. next year that, that I'm doing from memory because this one is less about facts than it is about a lot of opinion and emotion and stuff. And I'm actually double-checking myself sometimes, which I've never done, to make sure I'm remembering things correctly. So anyway – that's a long way of saying that this is going to suck. I mean, this, <laughs> the, 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 there are no words to describe how brutal this is going to be. And I think ev- right now, 
driving wherever you are in America, listening to this conversation, whether you're on the Kennedy or you're on the LIE or you're on the 405 or any other highway in America, listening to this conversation. If you're a married man, you're nodding. Yup, Greeny. I wouldn't trade places with you right now for anything. That is the worst possible place to be. She's got the chip. She can hold it. She can play it whenever it, she wants. You, you have to be the one that brings it up. No, nah, but that won't do it. Like that's that's see that's that's a, a, a rookie opinion on your part. There, you haven't been married long enough. Hmm. That only makes it worse because when you bring it up, when you bring it up, they know why you're bringing it up. See, there's nothing you ever do or think about that they haven't already thought through endlessly. So she'll know that I'm bringing it up for a reason. So she'll like dismiss it if you bring it up. No. It'll just make it worse. It'll compound it. She already has figured out how she's going to parry that and use it even more against me. Mm. There are no words to describe the, 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 the absolute conundrum that I am in. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, uh, as we mentioned here, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Let me bring in the other members of the assembled uh, hashtag crew here. We got Cam and Bubba. Cam uh, and Bubba, let's start with... Um, your perspective, if we can, on the AFC. I brought this up with Graziano a few minutes ago. Neither one of you are married, so you don't have really a perspective on this, and, unless one of you feels like sharing some words of wisdom that will mean <laughs> nothing to anyone. What What would you like to say about the whole thing? Well, I'm, all I know is I'm going to remember forever that Richard is the person who has the documents. So yeah, I've Richard has the documents. And I know where Freddie Patek played now. Yeah so. yeah. so those are two things you've learned from this program. <laughs> We've learned a lot. Yeah. You've learned nothing. you learn learned that Richard does the taxes and Freddie Patek played shortstop. It's been, this has been this morning's educational moment, so bro, courtesy of Hashtag Greeny on ESPN Radio. Now here's another. Trevor Lawrence, down. We'll see when he gets up. Joe Burrow, down. Backup looks pretty good. Aaron Rodgers, down. Team has turned into a circus. Who else do we have in the AFC? Patrick Mahomes, pretty much the only guy standing on his team who looks like he has any idea what he's doing. Who else in the AFC? Denver, incredibly mediocre. Ravens, Dolphins. Dolphins Dolphins haven't beaten anybody good all year. Ravens, how can you trust them? Late in big games, they always find a way to lose. Who do you like? Who in the AFC, Bubba, do you like? believe in well i don't know if i believe him per se but as far as what team do we think is in the driver's seat right now i do think it's it's the dolphins because i think they their next three games are all at home titans jets cowboys and if they're able to win those games because obviously they want to be at home that's where they exceed the best uh excel the best and uh then they have the ravens they finish with the the ravens and and the bills so they finish strong they 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 need to be the one seed and if they have the one seed at home, they can do damage in the playoffs. So I think the Dolphins are in the best possible position right now, given their schedule, the amount of home games they have. They have four home games to finish right now against some pretty easy teams. I think the Dolphins are in a great position to do some damage in the playoffs, which we weren't thinking earlier considering some of their bad losses. Cam. Yeah, it's interesting because it feels like you know, you're listing off all those teams, and, and like we said, one of them has to be – you know, the favorite in the AFC. You know, we were talking about the Eagles yesterday. They have the best record in football, full of flaws. Like, every single team has tons of flaws. There's no team that's head and shoulders above the rest. So I think when you boil it all down to that in the AFC, the Chiefs are probably should be the favorite because when they get to the playoffs and everyone has these different flaws and Achilles heels, sorry, and uh, kryptonites. Could have lived without uh, that. Yeah, I, I apologize. Poor choice of words. You know, the cream rises to the top and the Chiefs know how to win in the playoffs. So I feel like once they get there... 
everything else will even out and they'll be like, oh, well, we know how to do this and no one else does. So it'll be us at the end. Hambo, what are the numbers saying? Right now, Miami is the best team. Like I mentioned with, when uh, Graziano was with us, this is the number one defense, defense in the NFL over the last five weeks since Jalen Ramsey came back. And I think Tyreek Hill, excuse me, Tyreek Hill is the most individually outstanding player in the league right now at any position. He, he's got a real chance to become the first player in history with 2,000 yards. Yes, Greeny. I'm raising my hand. You say in their last five games, the Dolphins have been the best defense in the league? That's right. In that stretch, they've played New England, the Raiders, the Jets, and the Commanders in addition to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So they've played the Patriots, who are the worst offense ever, the Raiders, who are pretty close, <laughs> the Jets, who are somehow even worse than the worst offense ever, and the Commanders, who stink on ice. That's right. So, again, I need to see it. You show me them play that kind of defense against Dak, I'll be with you. All of this is leading me to a place. Are you still looking for amazing gifts? At Total Wine and More, you'll find gifts for everyone on your list. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only a Total Wine and More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. The place it's leading me to is Western New York. I'm here to tell you the Buffalo Bills are live. They are dangerous. Because if you ask me to name the best player in the AFC, and the slander has really rubbed me wrong, the best player in the AFC is Josh Allen. Josh Allen is incredible. I said it briefly yesterday because I had been away for so long. The last time we saw Josh Allen play in a game, his team lost in overtime to Philadelphia. There were 106 players in uniform that day. The best by far was Josh Allen. No one was even close. Josh Allen was first. No one was second. You could start arguing over who was third. If Allen is on the field, that team has a chance to beat anybody. I like them in Miami. I like them in Baltimore. I like them in Kansas City. Buffalo's problem is they may not get in. They got a tough path to get in, but you put Josh Allen in the playoffs, I think he's got a real shot. Here's the thing. I could see Josh Allen and the Bills winning any of those games, but I don't think that I could see them winning all of those games, and that's what it's going to require because they're going to be the seven seed in all likelihood, meaning they would probably have about as difficult path to the Super Bowl as any team that's ever gotten there, and he's plenty good enough by himself But this is the worst defense that he's ever played with. He's playing behind a relatively speaking average offensive line. And to go on the road three straight times in those environments, that's where where you lose me. I think they're very capable of winning any of those games, but not all of those games. Can they win at Kansas City this weekend? Yes, that line's really small, actually. The Kansas City Chiefs are only something like a field goal favorite. Then they're home against the Cowboys. Then they get the Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins. The Dolphins might have nothing to play for in that final game of the regular season, remains to be seen. If they split with Kansas City and Dallas, they will beat the Chargers and the Patriots. They will get in. That'll be three wins. They finish nine and eight. You wind up getting in. And, excuse me, that would be four wins. So you get to 10 and seven. You get in. And now you tell me who they can't beat. You tell me what game on their schedule they can't win. Because when you say someone they can't win all those games, mm-hmm. someone has to. And I don't believe in any of these teams any more than I believe in him. I'll take a short break on that thought. Back with more in just a moment. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. A moment for Vivid Seats. Bowl season, basketball, hockey, pro football, all in action. Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket gifting needs this holiday season. See every one-timer, every touchdown, every slam dunk live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans, offering unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and more. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. All right, before any other business gets done, Hembo, give me a little green light. There's a lot of stuff going on in baseball, and I'm not following it closely. I need you to catch me up. Yeah, the winter meetings are happening right now, this week, as we speak, and there are two big questions that I have, and, well, baseball universe has. The first is obvious. Who emerges as the favorite to to sign Shohei Otani? The latest reporting that we have, some of which has come from our own Jeff Passan, is that this has become a four-horse race, including the Dodgers, the Blue Jays, the Cubs, and, God forbid, the chance that he might go back to the Angels. Buster only tweeted yesterday that it is very much on the list of options because, uh, in other words, Shohei Otani might want to just continue to live with the devil he knows, a place where he's comfortable, a place where he's happy, and a place where he can sort of have his own program. That is the $500 million question. We'll see this week. I think we'll at least get some movement as to which team becomes the favorite to sign him, and there are some that believe that it will happen this week given the fact that he has had so much time to ponder this decision and teams have had so much time to work on their pitch. Do you think that the the way baseball's contracts are structured, which is to say he is going to make a decision now and that will be the rest of his career. And increasingly we are seeing that with players, younger players, because teams have finally figured out that giving nine-year contracts to 30-year-olds doesn't make sense. So they give them to 26-year-olds and at least they get some bang for their buck along the way. But I'm going to make a comparison that I don't, I don't know if it's apples to apples. 
But there was a moment in time when the NBA started becoming like a free-for-all. It was almost like there was a transfer portal. It felt like star players were changing teams every 10 minutes, and and players started signing two-year deals, three-year deals, big stars going from place to place. And I remember going on the air and saying, I think this is terrible for the league. I think this will be really bad for the NBA. And I have subsequently said many times, including directly to Adam Silver in a conversation, I couldn't have been more wrong. I think that the changing of um, the the the, sh- the shaking of uh, up of everything has turned out to be really good for the sport. It brings renewed interest in different teams. It brings renewed interest in different people. It brings some in and some out of the party, especially in a world where fans attach themselves more to individual players than they do to teams. Now, baseball really isn't in that world. There are a very small handful of players in baseball who probably um, attract that level of um, of of passion from their fans. Do you think baseball would be better if wherever Shohei Otani was going right now, he was going to sign a three-year contract? Oh, 100%. Play- it would be better. It would be massively better. The, the player movement in some sports has become more interesting than the games themselves. Yeah. And in the case of Otani, if he winds up deciding to stay with the Angels and for all intents and purposes play the remainder of his career there – that would be a disaster for capital B baseball, just like it has been a disaster for baseball. Then Mike Trout, our version of Mickey Mantle, our version of Willie Mays, our version of Joe DiMaggio, who has toiled in anonymity in Anaheim over the last decade because he elected to stay there. That's a really, really bad thing for baseball. But the way that the contracts are structured, that's the world in which we live. The longer the contracts are, the more you can spread that money out, the more guarantees you can offer the players. And I think Otani, basically wherever he signs, if it's a 10 or 15 year deal is a bad thing for baseball, but especially if it's not going to make him relevant nationally on a daily basis. All right. So, I mean, like Bryce Harper would have fallen in that category, right? Harper's, Mm -hmm. how long is his deal in 13 years. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like if a guy like Bryce Harper is changing teams every few years, I understand he he is one of the great players of his generation. Mike Trout is another. And I do would we be in a better place if these guys were moving around? It would require a complete revamping of baseball's setup. And I don't know that the players would go for it because if I'm a player, I want a 13 year contract too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the toothpaste is probably just out of the tube on this whole conversation. Yeah, right? I'm not sure that it's it's on the list of options, but the fact that Mike Trout, as a 25-year-old, was, you know, quote-unquote, allowed to sign a 10-year, $426.5 million contract, what human being would not do that? Right. It's very difficult to tell the player, don't do that, and to see the greater good. But if you're running the league and you're sitting there in, a, in an office in New York City, it, you're saying to yourself, okay, so Bryce Harper's going to Philadelphia for the next 13 years. If they're not good we're probably not going to be talking much about one of the brightest stars in our sport, and that and baseball is the only sport for which that dynamic is in play. Greeny with you, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Speaking of which, I am everywhere I go in New York, i got people asking me about Juan Soto. <laughs> he is the apple of their eye. In my opinion, Juan Soto is the perfect Yankee, like the perfect elixir to all of what has ailed the Yankees because he provides that lineup everything that it does not have and what they cannot produce. He's a left-handed hitter. He is an absolute superstar with a shrewd batting eye who you can hit before or after behind uh, after Aaron Judge and have the best tandem, the best lineup tandem that you have had since Maris and Mantle in the early 60s. It is not hyperbole to say that. The problem 
is that Juan Soto is entering a contract year. The problem is that Scott Boris is Juan Soto's agent. And the problem is that they are not going to sign a contract extension now. He is going to reach free agency. And so the Yankees have to decide, are we willing to deal prospects for potentially one year of Juan Soto when we might not just be one year away? So the the the... The, the capital B baseball part of this that I find interesting is I remember, and I don't feel like it was that long ago, when baseball's winter meetings were fascinating. They were top of the, I mean, above the fold to use an ancient phrase, but on Mike and Mike, we talked about them all the time. We'd get Peter Gammons and Jason Stark and Tim Kirchin and Buster and guys like that on, and it would always be, and, and I feel like they have really been relegated to the back page, if you will. Why is that? What, what did I miss? Uh, you didn't miss anything, but the problem with baseball's offseason is that it's a, it's a trickle. Like in the NFL, when the league year starts, we find out like a hundred guys are signing with new right. teams. Didn't with the winter meetings, weren't they like that for a little while? Like we'd start p- paying attention immediately and A-Rod would sign like day two. Yes. We didn't have to wait until February. And the way that the market develops now is just different because we have much, we have more GMs like me and less GMs like you. And that is good for like the bottom line, but it's bad for capital B baseball. I wouldn't be surprised if we went through this whole week and barely anything happened. I wouldn't be surprised either if a lot of things happened. The problem is the, mar- the, the biggest names in the market now, they want to see how it develops over the course of a long period of time to maximize their payout. Whereas before, those guys would set the market right away. like They'd be prepared on day one of free agency. Okay, we are going to sign this massive contract, and we've known all along that this was going to be the team for about this price. Call it tampering, call it whatever you want. That just isn't the case anymore. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, that one offseason, signed in February and March. Those guys used to set the market. Now they react to it. Yeah, it's so interesting to me, the dynamic of this and how much it has changed. Because forever it was the baseball winter meetings. That was by far the most interesting offseason that any major sport had. And now it has been greatly surpassed by the NBA's legal tampering and all that kind of stuff. And then the NFL has the start of their free agent year and everyone's waiting on someone's doorstep at midnight and everything else. I I feel like that there's something about that that's somewhat sentimental, nostalgic. the, The best one we ever had was two years ago before baseball had its long work stoppage because there was this deadline and everyone had to get their stuff done before a certain deadline. That's when they wiped off all the players from Major League Baseball's website. That was the best winter meetings. That was the best period. And now we're just going to have this thing trickle all the way until spring training. All right, we'll continue here as we go. There's a little green light from Hembo for you as we work our way through this baseball offseason. Coming up, we'll go back to football. And yesterday was the day that the circus came to town. You ever smell the circus? Doesn't smell so good. We'll explain why next. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.